Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. So, Laura Shank, welcome to Footwork. Hi, happy to be here. We always start out with the motto here. So make your own path. And as someone who's no stranger to different environments, different countries and opportunities, still at a very young age, what does make your own path mean to you? Gosh, I think this is a, it's a great question, first of all, and I think a very personal one. And I'm, I'm very glad that like I get to reflect on my path and yeah, making my own path, I think is like kind of that dichotomy, whether or not like we are really in control of our own choices or whether or not paths are made for us. But I, I choose to believe that like we do have our own choices and free will is like real. Um, but I know wow, I like where this conversation is going like already. This. <laughs> free will, I think yes, it's okay. the philosoph- philosophical aspect. Sorry, right there. Um, no, I love it. I love it. No, basically, I think I've been reflecting on this a lot more now that I'm like past college where everything is a little more predetermined and um, mm-hmm. I can really actually do what I want kind of and take my soccer cure where I want um, before it was kind of more strict it was like okay you go to school you go to college and soccer and soccer and wherever and now I'm like okay if I want to go play I don't know in Australia tomorrow technically I could do it so that's pretty cool and I think like that's making me a little more um, deal with this talk- with this concept more um mm. and I have more time to think about this kind of stuff so it's uh it's cool but I know like I think making your own path means a lot more than just choosing what you think is right but also like exploring different things and kind of like understanding that success doesn't always mean you know playing on the national team or playing at the very highest level but actually like exploring the world through the sport for example which is what my path is looking a little more like now um I used to be very like driven and like really just look look for um like numerical success but now I think Mm. uh like the quality of the people I play with and like the people I'm meeting is a lot more of success to me and experiencing new countries than it is maybe being I don't know further ahead in my career right now wow we're off to a great start I love that answer and uh let's sticking on it to give a brief introduction of yourself who are you where were you and where are you going yeah so great intro um I'm Lara obviously I am a German international soccer player who um sounds very American because I played in college (laughs) at Harvard for the last four and a half years and have recently uh, turned pro, signed my first contract with Club Bruges in January in Belgium and have now moved to the reigning Belgian champions, RC Anderlecht um, in the summer. I played Champions League for the first time this season, um, even though it was just the first qualifying round, but hopefully where I'm going is playing, you know, at the highest level in in different countries and experiencing different cultures, soccer or non-soccer cultures. yeah, maybe in Spain, maybe in Australia, and eventually maybe back in Germany. So that's where I'm hopefully going, just seeing where this place and this sport takes me. It seems like, I mean, even from these these two answers, you're very open in terms of what the future could look like. And it seems like this is maybe a little bit more of a stark contrast from, like you said, how you grew up, where it seemed like maybe this was the plan. When did that kind of switch happen for you to to, to look at it in this way and look at it differently? 
Um, I would say in college mostly. Uh, that was the first time I lived abroad and lived away from my parents and my family and like kind of the predetermined path and had more time to think about who I really was and what I really wanted to get out of my life. Um, I also was further away from systems like the German youth national team. Um, mm. Physically, it was more difficult to get to camps. So obviously that kind of path slowed down a little bit. And that made me question like whether or not that was a system I wanted to be in all the time or whether it was really as productive as I'd always thought it was. Um, and then obviously during COVID, uh, everything slowed down even even more. So that's when I reflected a little more on like what I wanted to get out of college as well, because it was kind of at a perfect stop where it was like halfway through my college career, uh, COVID hit. So I was like, okay, how did the first half of college go? And what are the like things I want to be doing before I graduate? So um, I ended up taking some time off to extend my college time. And in that last semester that I added in at the end, I really just made sure I hit everything and hung out with people and like didn't really focus on like obviously results for soccer but that was kind of secondary it was more about like really spending time with the people because now that I'm a year out I really miss it and um, I'm glad though that I ended up making a bunch of great friendships and like meeting crazy people from all over the world who like mm -hmm. I get to call home. When did you yeah. decide to to make the jump to college because you were playing at the highest level of the youth national team but then instead of maybe if there was a route to go professional at an early age, but instead you went the college route. Yeah, so I went to an international school in um, Hanover where I grew up. So I think the outset or like the mindset from that school is also going abroad and using your degree. Um, obviously all of my schooling was in English. So the idea of just being in Germany and just studying in German was like very weird to me and somehow didn't feel right or natural. Um, so the school was always like, yeah, you can go study abroad wherever you want. And pretty early on, I think in like 10th grade, what is that sophomore year of high school, I mm -hmm. looked at other players who made the step to go abroad, um, specifically Laura Freigang at the time, played for Penn State and now plays for Eintracht Frankfurt and the German national team. So she was kind of like the role model there. Um, talked to her for a little bit and was like, okay, is this something I, I could do? And she's like, absolutely. You have everything you need. Um, all the building blocks are there. She's like please go do it it's awesome um if anything it makes you a better player and even better a better person so um yeah that's kind of like where I so sold myself out there and I was like yep let's do it worked with like an agency to get to that point it's pretty difficult to do it as a foreign player to go abroad all, all on your own so worked with them and yeah they got me to Harvard which was pretty awesome <laughs> yeah I mean Harvard yeah. it, that just the name carries a lot of weight and kind of it's just, it's a very prestigious name. What were your expectations going in and did they kind of match up with some of the realities when you were there? Yeah, um, I had very high expectations of the place and of myself. And I think imposter syndrome kicked in a little bit where I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm, I'm just an athlete and I got here for soccer and I was very like anxious about it for a little while. Um, the first semester wasn't easy, I'll say, but eventually you get used to like, time management skills and the way that classes are held and stuff like that. And obviously coming into a team environment is awesome because you don't just have one academic advisor, you have 22 academic advisors. So I had a team that supported me and kind of helped me out wherever I needed, um, especially the older players who are great in that. So that's the kind of environment that I needed as well to like open up, not just in the classroom, but also to my team. Um, it took me quite a while to, kind of showcase my entire personality but 
you know, it's it's a cool place and you can really explore all of your interests um, besides just soccer. And that's when I learned that I had a lot of interests besides just soccer that I never got to explore in high school. And I think through a school like that, I really figured out who I was and like kind of loved my personality a little more than I had been given the opportunity to before, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Was that the first time in your life where you felt like this, this strong imposter syndrome? And was that mostly like academically or was it also coming for like on the field? Um, a bit of both for sure. Um, I played obviously in international games, but it was never the same as in like training with all these internationals every single day. So I didn't know what the team environment or the culture was going to be. I know obviously German cultures on the field are very driven and very strict and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. um, in practices and in games at Harvard and just generally in the college system, I realized that there's a lot more creativity there. And there's a lot more that you can you can try stuff out. Um, I ended up switching positions, stuff like that. So I learned a whole new position over there. Um, and I kind of like, yeah, just enveloped myself in what the team had to offer and really dug into everything that like the college system gave me, especially like, like lifting schedules, like athletic training facilities were awesome and very different. It's much, to what it's I much different too, right? Like the yeah. emphasis on athleticism and, and lifting and, and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Big difference. Uh, the coaches had said it. They were like, your first season is going to be like cool. But like the second you go through your first spring season, you're going to take off. And they were very right because that's exactly what I'd still been missing as a European player at the time who just like didn't have the access to all of that. Uh, once I did get in the gym and once I did have a trainer who knew what he had to do with me, um, it was awesome and um i would not trade it for the world because that's what makes me like a great player here now is my athleticism and like the way that i read the game differently than a lot of european players and i want to say that's because of my time in the u.s and that i really like dug into that side of u.s soccer there's a few points i want to come to with the differences in america you actually at harvard they interviewed you and, and one of the things you said was uh <laughs> in america you could talk to strangers which is just like so funny from us coming the other direction but um yeah like what what you you said there was more creativity in training what do you mean by that gosh um I think having a like unique team where I think half of our team was internationals at the time brings in so many different cultures that don't stay off the field like they're gonna bleed into how you play and um how you interact with your teammates in between sessions or in between drills so I think like a lot of us shaped kind of who we were on the field based on who we were off the field, if that makes a little bit more sense. And I know in, in Germany, or at least where I played, that was kind of not allowed. You had to just fit into the mold and fit into the system and play how your coaches wanted it to, even at a youth level where you can't really do that to youth players as much in the pro scene, like it's a different story, but in the youth teams, it was a little harsh, I want to say. And I think in the U S like I got to do stuff and like, I started playing as a center back and I was like dribbling as a center back. And I was like, mm, this doesn't seem like something that Germans would let me do, but there I did it and it worked and I got away with it and it was fun. And I was like, Oh, like I'm learning to incorporate a little more fun into my soccer and it's making me better. And each and every player did that in their own way. Like I've played next to the best Canadian center back that I've ever seen. And like, she obviously brings her personality and her style of play into the team style of play. And it changed how our entire team functions. So that's the kind of stuff that I think we got to include our individual like characteristics a little more on the field, which was really awesome to see. 
And you felt that that was kind of, that was another contrast maybe from the youth national teams and stuff where maybe it was a bit more, more rigid and kind of could, I guess, even risk like, you know, not having fun, kind of like the burnout that you see a lot of people experience. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very big contrast. Um, Learn to love a different side of the game in the U.S. again, based on obviously being raised in the German system as a soccer player is great and a great infrastructure, but um, it also means you're sacrificing a lot of like who you are and a lot of like your own personal development um, just Mm -hmm. for the system, for results, et cetera. And that's why I feel like this college move, I mean, just sounds like it came at a perfect time because you, you look back at it and talk about all of this kind of personal growth and, you know, finding out a little bit more more about yourself and the things that you like, the qualities you like about yourself. Did you have that expectation that this kind of would come from this? And, and I mean, can you speak a little bit on some of maybe the, you know, more uncomfortable times and the difficulties of such a big change in a new environment? Absolutely. Yeah, the, the switch wasn't easy. Um, first of all, I think that was the first time I'd been, obviously I'd been at camps, but I'd never been away for that long of a period of time. And I'd never lived anywhere but my parents' house um, until I was 18. And I just said, I'm moving abroad. Um, I showed up uh, as a freshman injured as well. So it wasn't easy. Um, I didn't play much my freshman year just because I'd uh, gotten injured like pretty close to preseason start. So I showed up in a boot. I had to do that entire move. So it was a very different story. Like I couldn't really show that I was a great player um, early on. I kind of just had to like win people over with just my personality, which was a different story for me. I'd never had to do that. I could always like, you know, show people I was great just by playing and I didn't have that part. So kind of like no one knew if I was going to be a good player or like helpful for the team on the field until I think like eight or 10 weeks into my soccer career there. And then I started touching a ball and people were like, oh my God, yeah, she can play. And I'm like, she's good. Like, good thing I've already made friends for the last 10 weeks. So I don't have to like (laughs) earn my spot now, but um, it was, it was definitely difficult at first and something I like homesickness was something I was dealing with for sure. But uh, I wasn't the first international on that team. So the older girls knew exactly what they had to do to make me feel at home. And I'm very, very grateful, but um, yeah, not, not easy, definitely moving to a different country, but I think it's um, it says everything that I've done it again this year. So um, yeah. kind of like putting myself into that weird, uncomfortable phase and forcing myself to make new friends is part of like what I love about it because the thrill is great. And like the reward is awesome. Like I've made some awesome friends here already that um, I would not trade for the world. So uh, like if I did it once, I can do it again. And I'm probably going to end up doing it again in a different country. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Was that one of the reasons you chose uh, to go to Belgium and not back to Germany? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I told my agent pretty early on, I was like, look, I can play in Germany at some other points, but I don't want to be like one of many players on team. I want to be an international player. I like being an international player on a team. Um, I love like a learning a new language Um, here. It's three because we have to speak English, French and um, Dutch. So it's, it's a lot. 
Um, I love like, you know, learning about these people's cultures and kind of like how their style of play and their soccer also, again, like informs who they are off the field a little bit. Um, the way they play is also the way that they like talk to you outside of the field. And it's it's awesome. Um, I love living in a new country and like having to deal with all of that, whether it's like, you know, logistical stuff of getting here, but also just, you know, living with um, one of my friends who played in Bruges and now plays in Anderlecht as well. So I think that's like a really cool idea um that they had here so like there's a lot there's a lot that comes with moving to a new country and moving to different countries and playing their soccer but I think you also learn a lot more about like the people and the culture than just the sport can you speak Dutch and French no um well, <laughs> I speak German so I understand okay. Dutch um uh, yeah. it gets a little Close. different when they go into their like regional dialects here um mm -hmm. I have been learning a little French on the side here and there Uh, mm. but I wouldn't say that I'm anything close to fluent in either. Um, mm. I think I understand Dutch a lot better than I understand French, but I'm working on the French just because it seems like a world language that if I can learn a little bit of it, I'll definitely take that on. Yeah, who knows? Maybe in the future. Yeah. It'd be awesome. What is the uh, what does the coach speak? Is it just everything? Yeah, literally everything. So he will explain a drill in Dutch, then in French, and then in English. Sometimes mm -hmm. he'll do it in just one language, but then the other one, other players who don't get it will be like, what is going on? And then we have to explain it to each other. But mm -hmm. usually he will go in all three languages, which like sometimes I take a step back and I'm like, wow, what a world, like what a team this is. The fact that we are like trilingual basically in practice every day. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. So that move to club Bruges, we kind of spoke about it that you wanted to be um you know have that opportunity to be a foreigner and, and learn what drew you to club Bruges in belgium and in in um i guess in specifics definitely yeah i think the belgian league is like one of the like up and coming ones it's not fully um established yet and i think the infrastructure is there at a few clubs but it's not all of the clubs yet so i want to say it's like the like the german league or like the english league but take five years out of them like them five years gotcha. ago is where we're at now so it's one of those that are interesting to watch up and coming obviously have a lot of like very good youth talents um um, and also a place where I knew I was going to play. So um, like going to Germany, um, I didn't know if I was going to play immediately in the Bundesliga. So I was like, okay, I'd rather take kind of the expectation that I'm going to play in Bruges um, versus like maybe having to sit on the bench somewhere else and being part of a project that is still like being built. Um, Club Bruges has a great philosophy um, for their women's team and Anderlecht's philosophy is even better with them being champions. Um, and the opportunity to play Champions League, obviously. So that's something that drew me here. But uh, Belgium as a country is also, I think I a little bit slept on, I want to say. Um, I like agree. You, yeah, you have yeah. like great infrastructure and you have pretty much everything, but you also have like a lot of like fat, like, I don't know, different aspects of culture. Like uh, Andalic, yeah, yeah. for example, the part of Brussels that I live in has a very like Moroccan heavy culture, for example. There's um, a lot of different foreign influences and it's really, really cool to see um, how these people have made a home and a new home basically. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, how many people at the club and how like one player on our team plays for the national team. And she tells me about like the stuff that they do and how like they celebrated their team, for example, at the Women's World Cup. Like that was insane. And that's the kind of like, those are the kinds of people I want to be around. Um, I can be around German players 
if I want all the time, but like, it's actually really cool to understand how other teams and other cultures do soccer and how much it means to them, for example. Yeah. And you just mentioned that finding or making a home in a new place. Did that, I mean, in college, it's a little bit different because you know, you're there for four years or potentially you're going to be there for four years. But have you found when you moved to Belgium that you understood, okay, this is my new home and I have to make this my home. And it's not just, I'm going to be here for a few months or a year, and then I'm going to move on, but actually settling in and making, okay, this is my home currently. Yeah. I think it's understanding that there are a certain, a few certain aspects that you can always have anywhere that will make something home. Like making friends is, has gotten really easy for me now, um, mm. which wasn't always the case. Um, finding common ground with people um, is, is yeah, not as difficult as it used to be for me and um, building a home in certain people in certain places and like understanding that even if a place is temporary, like even though I was only in Bruges for I think like four or five months, like I would still call it home and like in a, in a way and I still like when I go back, I'm still like, oh, I miss this place, you know, like it's a, it's a few things. It's um, a feeling as well that you establish mm -hmm. with people and understanding that like yes it can take a long time to build a home in a place but it actually doesn't have to like you can get that pretty quickly if you hit the right people and if you like hit the right vibes with people I don't know or um like if everything just matches up like I I showed up and I started playing and I knew that I made an immediate impact and like that was awesome um I loved my coaching staff there like stuff like that I really like understood and felt like seen and felt valued and like I'd never at least in college like it took a while until I had my impact on the field but when I came to Bruges it was immediate so that was a very different thing and that made it feel like home immediately because I was like okay I'm important like I yeah. I can really help this team and I saw it on the field we had some great results and um the other player that they brought in was had the same experience as me where she had not been like um a starter in her previous team but she showed up here and had that immediate impact as well and we were like oh my god we can build something here like this is really cool so kind of found a home in that feeling sean and i like to talk about like the yes rule you know just basically especially when you're adapting a new team just people ask you to do something to go somewhere just always lean on yes because you know it's we're not saying to go out every night and things like that, but the yes rule to, to grab a coffee, to, to talk to someone, to do things and get outside of that bubble that you can kind of, it can be quite easy to fall into, especially when you move to a new place, because it's, it's not as scary, you know, when you're in this bubble and you're, you're here, it's just like, you know, how things are going to go, but that adaptation to push yourself outside of the comfort zone. Do you have any tips? I mean, it, it, it sounds like um, like tips for making friends and things like that. But like in general, when you come to a new place, like how you did it in college and in Bruges, what kind of tips would you say that help in that adaptation to make it feel like a home and to bring that balance into your life? Oh, this is a great question. I would say, like you said, like life is kind of like improv, like don't say no, just say yes all the time. And uh, yes, mm, and like no buts, stuff like that. Um, definitely maybe like be curious about people that you might not initially be drawn to you know like if there's someone that initially might not seem like someone you would get along with those are the ones you need to be like asking questions and like understanding their perspectives because they might have a different perspective than you and like those are the people you actually should be around because they're going to push you and like also give you a completely different concept of life um mm -hmm. like the people I initially was drawn to in college who I thought were going to be my friends did not actually end up being my friends long term it was the ones where I was like 
you're so different to me. And those are the ones that ended up like showing me a different version of myself because of their different mindsets. So I think like being curious about like all the people on your team and really making an effort, I think, to get to know them outside of just soccer. Um, how someone plays might not be the way that they are off the field. Um, yeah. I hope people don't think that I am the same person on the field and off the field because I'm pretty intense on the field, but I want to say I'm, a, <laughs> I'm actually like decent or nice person outside of soccer. So I make an so you're effort. Say, to, like, you're saying make... you're not a decent person on the field? Um, I can be annoying to play against. Okay. I mean, it's better to be annoying to play against for sure. Exactly. If like, I'll, I'll give someone a shove if I, if I can get away with it. So that's kind of, that's kind of my job, you know, so that's sport. I have to do it. Yeah. But yeah. I, you know, especially with the younger players here, for example, I'm like, okay, like I'll be mean on the field, but actually off the field, like I'm the first one to help you out if you need, I don't know, help with your homework for the really young ones or whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, I kind of try to like make up for it a little bit. Uh, that kind of yeah, there's the balance again. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just be. I curious like that. It's kind people. of like yeah, you're not gonna yeah, exactly. move somewhere and be all alone the whole time. That's just unrealistic, or you'll be depressed. Like, and no one wants that. So the only way you're gonna function well on the field is if you're like happy off the field, and that includes functioning with your teammates and like their people, and they maybe want to get to know you as well. So. Yeah. it's helpful to understand who they are outside of the field i really like the kind oh. of you're almost ignoring your first like impressions and instincts of people and then exploring you know the people who didn't ultimately like gravitate you to you at first because sometimes those those people can just be the more outgoing people who just know how to talk to you at first and it could be like oh like they're so welcoming and you know, it just may not be that friend that you really connect with on a deeper level. And I think that's such a good point is like, explore people, because you never know, like, what is going to tick between you two, and then what is going to happen between you two that can just result in growth, both personal and like in relationship. Exactly. Doesn't mean I'm always right. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but you know. Yeah, but you got to try. Yeah, I guess. Exactly. I like the life is improv thing too. Did yeah, you just make right. that up? Or did you did have you already already said that? I mean, I like took an acting class in in high in, in college, I believe, or like something. No, I took a public speaking class, and we did mm. like an improv. And he was like, first rule of improv is you never say no; you always say yes and." Yeah, and I was I, about to say I, that. I kind of like this. That. Somehow yeah. that has stuck with me. Um, maybe life That's is cool. improv. I mean, kind of is. Like, I'm not following a plan. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, say I the like same thing line. too. Like, we always we would always get asked this and maybe it's like a very American thing. Cause it, it comes back to how everything is based on like numbers and analytical and statistical. And it was always like, what's your five year and what's your 10 year plan. Oh, and Sean and I are like, I have no fucking idea. Like I barely know one year, like, let's get, let's get like past this week. And then we can, we can talk a little bit about it, but maybe that's just how like athletes and travelers like ourselves kind of live our lives. But I think it's also important to know, like everything's not going to go to your five and 10 year plan. So just make it up as you go, fake yeah. it till you make it. Yeah. yeah. I think if you nail yourself down, down to like, I want to be this, I want to be that, then you create so much expectation and maybe even pressure to get to that point that you kind of limit yourself to other options. And I don't think if you had told five-year-old me when I started soccer, that this is where soccer was going to take me, like I would never have guessed but looking mm -hmm. back, I'm so glad it did. Um, yeah. If I'd only ever stayed in Germany and 
done what everyone else had done, then I wouldn't be who I am now. And I'm very happy that I did all of this. Exactly. And like you said in the very beginning, like there's so many different versions of success and one success to do this, to do this, to get to the national team. It can be someone's success, but you found so much personal growth and that equates to your success from doing something completely different, learning about yourself and then learning things that help make you tick. And now you're like, I love this lifestyle and I want to keep trying it. Whereas again, if you stayed in Germany, maybe you never clicked into that side of yourself and discovered all of these things. Agreed. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. He wouldn't be talking to strangers. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Then, I mean, let's go to Anderlecht. You're at a massive club now, currently in third place, but still a long season. What do uh, what do you hope to build on as as the season goes on? Ooh, um, obviously, here the expectation is championship, so um, that's what we've been chasing since the very first day. Um, we had the like goals of um, making it further into the Champions League as well, but that didn't go so well. But it's okay. Uh, if we win the league, we can do it again next year. So that's um, where we're going right now. The standings aren't perfect, but um, it might actually be smarter for the long run to be the ones chasing now and not, not the ones being chased at the beginning. Um, I think if the focus is on other teams right now, then maybe the focus is less on us and they're mm-hmm. all worried that they are going to drop versus we still have stuff to build on. Um, we've had some good clashes with Leuven, who are our biggest rival um, the last two weeks, uh, which gave us a lot to work on. So it's been it's been a good time and a productive time on the field. Um, like other teams in the league may, might not be testing us as much as they are, but finally getting that head-to-head clash has been great because um, it shows us a lot that we have to build on. But it's a great team, um, and we have all the pieces that we need in order to make it. Um, I think it's more just finding about how we how we can fine tune certain aspects and like click a little more. Um, lots of great players, but just because you have a lot of great players doesn't mean that we're going to work as a team, and that's something that we still struggle with a tiny bit. But I'm very like, I guess hopeful and positive that it's going to go well. And once we hit playoffs, we're going to be in a great shape. And we have playoffs here, which is really exciting to play. It's a different system than I've ever played before, but I think it's awesome. And it means that there's different focuses. Like right now, the focus is on the league, but once the league itself is over, um, we go into playoffs and then like it's kind of a fair game again, which is really exciting. Yeah. So when we were kind of getting ready for this, this episode, that was something that I didn't know either in terms of the structure of the league. So um, for our viewers and listeners as well, can you go into more of the specifics, I guess, of how a season works in Belgium from the starting to maybe the winter break to the ending and then how the playoffs work, how many teams, et cetera? Exactly. So I think this this year it's it's less teams. It's like eight or something. Maybe I think so. Something around that. But um, basically you play everyone twice um, at home once and then away once like a regular season. But then at the end of the season, they kind of split the table in half and the top half goes into playoff one and the bottom half goes into playoff two. And that's where you play everyone again twice um, home and away. They don't take all the points. So they split all of our points in half, um, which means you kind of you kind of still have the same standing, but uh, everyone's closer together a little bit and um, you just go again 
And within playoffs, that's when you really hit the ground running. Obviously, I didn't have the first half of the season last year because I showed up in January. So um, when I signed, it was like the end of regular season. And then I think in March, we started playoffs already. And I, you can really sense it on the teams and also between teams that like regular season games are obviously really important to just grab as many points as you can. But once you have playoffs, it's like, it's like four or five uh, final games, basically. So I would say like, obviously it's not knockout rounds, but every game feels like a knockout round game. And like every three points are so valuable. Um, I know Bruges last year had like, the year before I showed up, like they had two points in the entirety of playoffs. And the first game in playoffs last year, we actually beat Anderlecht. So we already had three points at the beginning. So for them, that meant the world. Um, mm. And every game was based on that and based on that expectation that like this is a final game. So it's really interesting to see, especially seeing the rivalry between Anderlecht and Leuven really unfolded at the end of last season. Um, they were like head to head for a long time, but then at the end, Anderlecht won it. So like, I'm excited to see that from the perspective of being one of the top teams, um, and not watching as an outsider, but being in those games. So mm -hmm. I cannot wait to play in those. Yeah. sounds amazing. Wow. Do you, do you feel more pressure personally and within the club for playing for a club that has, I guess, maybe even stronger or higher expectations year in and year out? Absolutely. There, there is pressure. Um, but I think we've dealt with it well so far. And I think it's like helpful to remind ourselves that it is like a team sport. So the pressure is not just on me to perform, but like on all of us to perform. And at the end of the day, we are a team. So if something doesn't go wrong, it doesn't go well, like it's not just me, it's everyone, but, um, there is some kind of pressure, but I think that pressure is kind of more of a privilege for us to be playing at that level. And like, the pressure isn't just to win the league. It's more of like, hey, you know that if you win the league, you get to play Champions League. And that's kind of where we want to be playing. Um, we played in the Champions League in September in front of like 2,000 people. And it was like a crowd, like the home crowd of the Polish team was so against us. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. And they were yelling and they were chanting and I loved it. And we all understand that we are going to do everything we can to be right back there and do it better next time. Um, I think the fact that we didn't make Champions League this year was like good in a way that it's going to like increase our drive to like make sure that we get it next year. Absolutely. Do you see any, I mean, differences between, I mean, we kind of talked about the athleticism of US football or in soccer, but like from Germany, Belgium and USA, what kind of stands out in terms of Belgian football? I want to say it's very physical. Um it can be very direct. A lot of the teams that we've played here have been pretty direct, but on the other hand, um, like it depends on the situation. I think in comparison to Germany, there's still unfortunately a bit of a level drop between the lowest teams and the highest teams. Mm -hmm. um, like our top three teams could probably play like mid Bundesliga, I would say. Um, but I think like obviously the U.S. has the highest like athleticism out of all of the three leagues that I've played in. Um I would say the Belgians are are a little bit of like Germany mixed with like English football, I want to say. Like it's it's a little bit of kick and rush sometimes, but um, not that much. Um, and it's it's technical at times, but not overly technical like Spain. Um, and it's like a little less tactically intense than it is in Germany. Um, but like that's good because- It's like least... a melting pot. It just sounds like a yeah. complete melting pot. The whole country is football. like that too, yeah. right? 
it is. Yeah. And I think that's also like a testament to the fact that we have a lot of international players from different countries here playing. Um, Even on my team, like we have a Slovakian, we have a Romanian player and like they bring something to the table that like I've never seen before because I've never played with players from those countries. Um, We have French players who bring like that intensity from the French league. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is how the French play. Awesome. Then we have like me as like the single German on our team and um, like it's very cool to see all of our like I guess like playing styles come together to build like a new playing style um, and mm-hmm. fit into the mold of the coach because like even he is like you guys all have your different styles of play and like some of you guys just do not match our soccer but that is so okay and that's exactly why we want you here yeah something different exactly, exactly. something different and coming all the way back to Germany with uh, your youth national uh, team time you actually won the U17 Euro Championship can you describe the experiences and the feelings from that? Yeah, I think it was awesome. Um, at the time, like none of us really realized like that that was going on. Um, it was tournament style. We were like heads down, very much like just playing and winning and doing what we were supposed to be doing. And the finals, we actually won on PKs. So it was like extremely stressful at the time to be watching that. Um, I'm very happy I didn't have to take a PK that day. It was it was good. I wouldn't have had the nerves at the time. Maybe nowadays I'd be able to take one, but I know back then I was not ready to handle that. So um, it was an awesome time. And knowing that like a bunch of those players that I played with now are like leading players in women's soccer around the world is really awesome because I know that we were a great team back then. And I know that they are still probably those great players and those great teammates that they were back then that they are now. Um, So it's very exciting to see like all of our journeys based on that. And um, it's nice to have some silverware. Um, There have been a lot of tournaments and games and teams that I've come in second. So coming in first with a team is is awesome and having a medal to show for it is great. Um, Yeah. And just an awesome experience to get to do that with your, with your nation is I think one of like the coolest things you could ever do. Yeah. It sounds amazing. What an accomplishment really. Is it a goal for you to find your way into the senior team? Absolutely. Um, If, if I get called up, it would mean the world to me. Um, I'm just going to keep working hard and putting myself in the spaces where I can get better. So I can, you know, put myself like get, get myself a little edge and see if I bring something new to the team. I know there's a lot of revamping on the German national team and existing structures haven't, haven't functioned well. So maybe, maybe there's an opportunity for them to open up the field and like look into new players or players that they've seen in the youth national team, but haven't seen at the senior level yet. So who knows? Um, Maybe. If I can, absolutely would love to. And how do you kind of approach like making goals or having goals? So Sean and I, we've always like kind of restructured, I think, in terms of our career where a lot of the times it was statistical or I was going to make it here. But we've we as you go on this path, you realize that it never goes as we plan, as we kind of talked about. So one of the things we always kind of come back to is becoming the best player and version of ourselves that we can. And then that will just allow us to bring us to new heights and have new opportunities. How do you kind of approach your goal making and setting? Exactly. I agree with what you said. Absolutely. I think it's controlling what you can control. Like I can't control my playing time. Technically I can't control maybe some of the outcomes of the game, how many goals we score, stuff like that. Or if we do get scored on, like, I can't say that I'm 
I only had a good game if we have a clean sheet like that sometimes isn't up to me so um I think I've taken it less out of like a numerical view and more gone into like quality like working on the stuff that like maybe I never had the time to work on earlier and just making sure that I get like all the aspects of my game right rather that is like nutrition and sleep but also like making sure that like mental health and just like my awareness on the field um we've done some like cognitive training which has been really cool in like staying alert and sharp and like opening up your field of vision stuff like that so really kind of like having like a more holistic view of me as a player and me as a person and like if I get everything outside of soccer right for example it translates really well into like my practices and my games so doing the little things have been more of an input and more of a focus for me right now um because like the general building blocks I think of all pro players they're all there and it's only in the details so like mm -hmm. focusing in on those details and kind of like removing outside input outside pressure like if I do get feedback from my coaches like I'll take it on and work on work on it but I think most of like the improvement and all the feedback is like player driven at this point which I think is good yeah definitely speaking on that kind of holistic view and your balance off the field what are some kind of things that are, I guess, necessary for you in terms of providing that space for good mental health? And, you know, what are some things that you've learned along this journey to help you outside? Um, my friends have described me kind of like a border collie who needs stuff to do. Otherwise, I'll like go crazy. <laughs> so um, that's kind of something that I really need to be doing is I need to be using my brain. Otherwise, it is going to implode. Um that was one of the first things I think I realized very early when I did turn pro um, in Bruges. I was like, okay, I need something to do outside um, of soccer just to figure out like what else I want to do with my life. Um, whether that is like a part-time job that I currently do, but also looking into like maybe starting a master's program, something like that, you know, um, get keeping my brain involved, uh, learning about new stuff, whether that's like learning a language on the side right now or stuff like, I don't know, learning a real degree or understanding more about nutrition. That's something I was researching for a while. Um, that's very important to me on one hand is to like keep my brain occupied a little bit but also just to have like a, like a healthy space at home. Um, I really enjoyed like my roommates in college and living with people who weren't on my team. Um, I made sure that I was living with like non-athletes so I would get a completely different experience and like understand the world from like a different point of view than just from the soccer point. Like I knew very early on that I couldn't be around my teammates 24 seven love them to death, but I was like, I'm going to need something else. So that's something that uh, is really important to me is really having a counterbalance and talking mm -hmm. to people who are very far removed from what I do. People who don't even understand how soccer works, stuff like that um, is very, very helpful just to, you know, give yourself something else to focus on and understand that like, it's not really about you all the time. And like soccer is important, but soccer isn't everything. So putting that into perspective by talking to other people, watching TV or something like that, something like that, just to shut off has been very helpful for me. It's a great point to just, if you involve yourself with people that don't know anything about the game, then you won't talk about it. Exactly. Like you said, if you're with your teammates, it always will come up in a conversation. Always. You'll always come back to it. But by just choosing other people, it'll just never happen because they don't know anything about it. It's a great point. And you get to learn about other stuff. So exactly. Like college, exactly. obviously my roommates were super passionate about other stuff um, and about their degrees and uh, the clubs that they were involved in. So getting to understand their lives a little more also just like 
makes me focus less on my life and uh, like obsess or overthink what's going on kind of like dive into their lives which is really interesting to see other people's lives sometimes as well Mm -hmm. yeah definitely now we know you're an ambassador as well with athlete ally could you speak a little bit about that work and kind of that representation with them yeah um i think this that's like my biggest like passion project i want to say that came out of college and covid is understanding that as a female soccer player I can be a role model and I want to be a role model for um, younger players and kind of speak up in those spaces that they might not be heard in so together with like my yeah best friend and um, teammate at Harvard we started um, an athlete ally chapter on campus and that just brought so much like joy and fulfillment to our lives uh, to create the spaces that like we never had um, mm-hmm. when I was a freshman it didn't exist and when she was a freshman it didn't exist so during COVID we were like okay it's time um, we need community and um, yeah any kind of like negative thoughts thrive in silence and thrive in solitude so we said like the most the like safest thing we can do and um, the most protective we can be for like younger queer athletes is to give them the spaces where they can be together and have fun and just understand that they're not alone Um, that's I think a big point so when I understood like that coming out was an option in college that was the point where I was like okay I I'm ready to do this somewhat in public and Mm -hmm. to somewhat make my story um, loud and proud and give the kids like kind of something to look up to and it's absolutely changed the team culture on our team um, back at Harvard but it's also something I'm still carrying with me now so yeah talking to athlete ally like whether it's like signing petitions or just speaking up and also just existing um, and being loud about what I do stand for I think is helpful Um, it's one thing to you know be in a space that is um, a predominantly male dominated sport and it's another to actively try to speak up and like change what you can see Um, I've had talks here with people on trying to bring a little bit of what I did in college back here whether that's like hosting pride games or just like having like uh, mental health breast cancer awareness games stuff like that um, or involving like youth teams there are a bunch of international schools around um, Brussels here and um, or just bilingual schools that where we can like get young girls to come to our games or like have their teams come stuff like that is just very very important because I know that like I never did this when I was a kid and it would have probably changed uh, a lot of my perspective if I had gotten to do stuff like that earlier so if I can give that back to young young girls out there and give them at least one person that they can look up to that's awesome yeah I completely agree I mean like we spoke even off camera just about representation in general and I think what you're doing and continue to do is is admirable and we hope to push it as much as we can too I mean Do you have any advice or, I guess, information in terms of how players and how clubs can get in contact and work with Athlete Ally to kind of promote a lot of these same and similar values to help the next generations? Yeah, um, I think in the U.S. it's going to be a lot easier because they are U.S. based, um, Mm. but I think trying to branch out to be more international. Um, They have ambassadorship programs for um, 
college and pro players. I think mostly pro players, but they might with the NIL stuff uh, be branching out. And the campus chapters I know are really involved, not just at Harvard, but like all across the US. So I think they would be open to um, looking at like local club teams to get involved, um, bring them to games, things like that. But there's also something to be said for athlete allied champ chapters to be started in high schools or middle schools, even if that's a thing now um just to create community it doesn't have to be like very official or um like public it does it can just be like hanging out and having weekly study breaks like that's the bulk of our work was just hosting study breaks which isn't like the craziest thing to do it's just bringing donuts to like a room and hanging out that's that's all it is sometimes um or you know attending big conferences of also just to create those connections um whatever it is like just speaking to people uh listening to stuff like this for example um watching stuff online and understanding that there are people out there and they really want to help like I think you can you could probably text people like I don't know Ali Krieger or Megan Rapino on Instagram and see if they actually would get back to you about stuff like this they I think they care about like the little ones and um as long as that's at the heart of like what we're all doing um anything you do can be good um and it's just connecting people with the right like yeah like-minded people that also want to put you in good spaces and give you the right spotlights to have the people who have been marginalized and mm -hmm. haven't been heard make make yeah. sure that those people are the ones being heard and get to like shape the future because it's not it's not the same ones that need to be shaping the future it's the ones that have usually been sidelined yeah and just letting so, people know no matter how they identify and you know that they're not alone in this whatever their path may be that there are people to talk to and there are people to connect with like you just said like it doesn't have to be the the craziest gestures at times but those small gestures are big gestures in the way and what they can do and the domino effect which they can have i agree wholeheartedly yeah love it good then Reflecting on the journey right now, what things would you say helped you to get to this moment? So in other words, why did Laura make it as a pro and why is she still going? Oh gosh, why did I make it? Well, um, obviously I've had the greatest support system in my family. Um, my parents and my younger brother are awesome and we are a very soccer driven family. Um, my brother grew up on the soccer field, so he had no choice, but um, the rest of us think we're very close-knit and um whatever I decided to do whatever crazy place I decided to live um they said absolutely if this is what you want to do go for it we'll support you so I'm very lucky in that but also like the environment I had in my schooling um in high school middle school like I was at the same I think yeah the same school k through 12 and um that school was just very integral in shaping like kind of the mindset, um, kind of that international open-mindedness, um, yeah, mindset and I am perspective to go abroad, um, even just knowing that I'm, or being confident enough to know that I can do that, um, is something that I learned in school and something that also places like playing with boys teams all the time and having to like stand, stand your ground there as the only girl, stuff like that really shapes you and creates like a, a self-confidence that kind of is unmatched um, later down the line that you don't even realize you have until you're in spaces where maybe things are against you and you are the only one who's 
on your side and you're like, wait, actually, I've kind of been here before and I've done it in multiple spaces. Um, things like the national team have really brought out um, the competitive spirit in me. And I'm very grateful that I got to compete there, compete internationally and get a taste for that international playing experience to then be like, OK, I want to do this for real now. So that's something that's been really, really helpful but also just my teammates have been great wherever I've been. Um, it's always a few people that I find where I'm like, yep, these are my people and um, they're in your corner no matter what, um, whether it's like on the field. If someone bodies someone, then they'll body them back and like have your mm -hmm. back in that sense, which is really cute or off the field, just being there no matter what you decide to do. I think a lot of hard choices have been made even talking to people in college I was like look this is what I want to do and they're like this is not what I want you to do but I'm still going to be there for you stuff like that is unmatched if you find that in people um don't let those go um I've had a bunch of people who are like this this isn't your greatest idea but I'm still going to support you or like this is not something that I would be doing if I were you but I'm still going to be there like those are the ones that um I'm going to keep around so if I didn't have all these people uh, pushing me and giving me the tools that I needed, I wouldn't be here. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't be in like a healthy mindset that I now am considering everything that has happened. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to hear how, I guess, key and important like relationships on and off the field are for you as an athlete and as a person. And to keep coming back to that, I think is yeah. an amazing thing that I think a lot of people on this journey, especially when you go abroad, it can be quite, I don't know the mindset to like, I got to do it alone. Like I'm independent. I got to do it alone. But in reality, that only gets you so far. And of course you want to have that independence to be able to make these moves, but also to know that people can help you and you can help people. And to, to bring that in is only going to benefit, you know, both parties. Exactly. Um, I, I agree. It, it takes a village and I'm glad I have a village that um, I can rely on even worldwide now so that's the kind of like support that I know even if I stop playing tomorrow I'm still gonna have my people like none of this is conditional and that's exactly why my people are my people um but I know that like soccer is a team sport and as much as you want to do stuff on your own um whether it be on the field or off the field I think it's the same it's the same mindset like you can't do it alone um and I kind of I love that I like I love the sport for that and I love that even outside of the sport you can't do it alone even though if you you really want to if you force it then you might actually end up making it worse or something yeah Love it. Well We're going to head into our quick fire, fast feet round, some quick fire questions to end off. So first, favorite player growing up? Tony Kroos. Oh, that's a classic answer. Wow. Got to stick with the German roots. <laughs> favorite moment in football? Um, besides winning the U17 Euros, um, I think hosting the first uh, round of the NCAA tournament at home and playing a great game in front of a big crowd and that being my last home game for Harvard ever, that was kind of all around a great moment um, with all of my, all my friends there, all my people and being on that field with my teammates and having a positive experience was just awesome. Can't be topped. Yeah. yeah. Most difficult moment? Uh, moving away from home injured. Yeah. In the freshman year. That yeah. was probably the biggest hurdle I've had to jump over. Um, 
given that I couldn't jump at the time, but um, definitely something that doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. And I think I grew out of that, even though I didn't want to at first. Yeah. Best advice you ever received? Uh, I mentioned it before, but control the controllables um, and don't really worry about the rest. Whatever's not in your hands isn't in your hands for a reason. So don't let it take any up any space in here. Yeah. Best player you ever played with and against? Um, with would be um, Clara Buhl for Germany or um, our little Danish dynamite at Harvard, Josephine Hasbo, also. The Danish dynamite. She is having <laughs> awesome. a great season this year. Um, so she's awesome. Uh, against, definitely Eva Payor gave me the best kind mm. of headache. Oh, yeah. If you weren't a player, what would you be? Um, funny answer, helicopter pilots. This is what I always wanted to be when I was a kid. I don't know how, but I was really obsessed with being like a rescue helicopter pilot, like in the mountains. Um, okay. There was a show about this way back when in Germany. Might have watched it, probably did. And that's how that came about. But in a different life, that's what I would be. Wait, what did you study? You didn't study anything close to that in college. No, like not at all. I studied psychology. I ended yeah. up going full social sciences instead. So this is uh, yeah. alternate reality. Yeah, yeah, this is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's never too late. Pilot. Yeah. Right? I feel like that's something you could get in post-career, you know? Totally. It's not age-restrictive. It's never too late. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, do you have any favorite books? Um. Yeah, a bunch. I mean, I besides fiction like i love the hunger games but that's different um i think most recently i read uh, 12 rules for life by jordan peterson. peterson i really enjoyed that definitely a few of those rules stuck with me and will be sticking with me for a while nice good book any quote or mantra that you live by i think uh i, I don't know was it teddy roosevelt uh head in the stars feet on the ground unsure if that's if that's steady but i think I'll it's it now. something I like, like keep your head in head in the clouds head in the stars but your feet on the ground i don't know who exactly yeah, that was him yeah. yeah okay nice i like that it's a good one yeah i thought you were gonna say life is improv oh that's a good one <laughs> life is improv Lara that's a new one anything. yeah yeah that's yeah. we can quote that now that's awesome yeah. any quote yeah any quote or mantra that you personally just made up in the last hour <laughs> There we go. Check. That one. That but one, I feel yeah. like someone's come up with that one beforehand and I'm just plagiarizing now. Maybe. But I think that's all quotes, really, okay. to be honest. Yeah. They're just okay. it's, a little bit paraphrased. here and there. Yeah. Exactly. Laura, we want to thank you so much for coming on. This was an amazing conversation. We started with free will and we ended with mantras. And I think this is going to be so educational, inspirational for our listeners and for Sean and I. It was uh, just a really, really good treat. And we want to thank you and we wish you the best of luck and we'll be following along. Hopefully all playoffs go well and can't wait to see where this journey takes you. Thank you so much for having me, letting me reflect on my journey and learn about yours and just generally collaborate and discuss all of this makes me very happy that um, everyone's, you know, thinking about soccer, not just in soccer terms, I want to say. Cool. I mean, great perspective, I think. Sean and I always come back to like these, obviously for selfish reasons, like these are very eye-opening for us. And we love to hear um, different ways to speak about similar experiences and different experiences and have different viewpoints on it. Like um, 
I love the life is improv quote. I mean, I think that's just one that will stick with us from this. I think that's just like a really cool way to look at it. And um, yeah, just different ways in terms of how we look at success and success being different for, for everyone and not always so quantifiable and not always so, I mean, linear, we always speak about, but I think the the data-driven American view of success, like we can alter a bit and it can be different for, for Sean. It could be different for me. It could be different for Laura. it could be different for everyone. Not everyone sees it the same way. Not everyone sees success only in athletic terms to what league or what uh, level we can reach, but what can we learn along the way? And, you know, the people we can meet and the, the, I guess the villages we can create, like she said, the people we can have in our corner and be in their corner. Like that's also a version of success that brings into it. Like all of these things, it's not always just wins and losses. And can I make it up another level and another tier? It's there's so many versions and so many different ways to look at it. Exactly. She clearly, I mean, she found out, I guess, through college that there's more to the game than just the game. And I think yeah. that obviously that that shined through the conversation because she kept coming back to it but like building relationships and also kind of getting out of the little soccer bubble that is easy to get caught in especially mm -hmm. when you're abroad it's like okay this is comfortable I'm with these people all the time i'll just stay with them yeah. whereas if you go and meet or hang out with other people then i think it's very beneficial because what we spoke about is like you don't ever talk about the game because they're not interested in that so yeah. it's just not going to come up and that's often a very good thing because you don't want to overthink things or just constantly dwell on it or brings negative yeah, energy it. just take yeah. it just completely take yourself out of it and i think mm -hmm. yeah she clearly has found that that helps and um yeah just a lot of great advice really well spoken i mean she started off the first question that was probably the best answer we've ever gotten i mean there's a lot of good answers but like that was deep and a mm -hmm. different perspective than we've ever got and i think that's uh yeah, it was just a very enjoyable conversation. Kudos it's to her. To I mean, see. like, yeah. as a German and can speak like that, it's just, I mean, it's that's just another version of success is like learning another language and being able to express yourself in another thing is like in another way is so crazy and underrated as like how yeah. cool that is. And how difficult it is to do that. And how difficult it is. Like Sean and I could never do this podcast in German. Like no. we could have a, a somewhat of a conversation, Sean, better than I, but like there would be, we would never be able to get that deep. No, it would, it would, it would simplify at like a <laughs> sixth grade level at some point or whatever it may be. But I think that is so, it's just so cool. And I think like, that's just another area of success that she's right. found that other people find and what you can find from maybe pushing yourself abroad and learning about different cultures and learning about, I mean, it's, it was a cool episode. I think she's, she has a really interesting viewpoint on like the future. I think I really like that in terms of like yeah. another, like who knows, but you know, like I'm along for the ride type attitude. And I think that's an amazing, you know, kind of viewpoint and stance to have on your life. And yeah, we wish her all the best and we're excited to see how the rest of the season goes and playoffs and, you know, she's still very young, like the career is long and hopefully she stays healthy in it. And, you know, it'll be really cool to do this again in a few years. And, and I, not to say that she's going to be in a different team or a different place, but I just, I can imagine that where the journey can take her or where it might take her will be very, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with that, 
the layover hoodie has been out now for a few days. So mm-hmm. if you haven't heard of that or haven't seen any of the videos, promo videos for it, uh, you could head to our Instagram and check those out or head right to the website, footwork.club, and head to the shop if there are any left. It'll be out now for about five days, I think, a week-ish. Something like that, yeah. Something so like that. I'm sure there's a few left. Hopefully there's yep. some left if you haven't seen it. If, if not, there are, make sure you get your Christmas gifts in for people because um, these will be flying off the shelves, hopefully. And um, yeah, we're proud of it. It's a, I think it's a dope hoodie and it is the layover hoodie. It's the perfect hoodie to bring on you for these flights and um, these trips. It is comfortable as fuck. It's warm. It's a bit oversized to give you that kind of style look. and Heavy. Um, Great quote on the on the front that Great you'll quote see on the heart. Um, amazing logo on the back, which I'm sure you've seen if you're listening to this, and some deconstructed parts on it as well. And it's black and it's cool. And hopefully you picked one up by now. And if not, do that. That's that's. <laughs> I mean, that's the best marketing I can I can do. Maybe you can do better. No, I think that's we don't need to market anymore. It sells itself. So. Yep. And if you don't, if you don't want to buy one, if you, you don't want to put that money down, the free support always helps too. Um, liking, subscribing, commenting, reviewing, all those things. Um, they help us immensely. If you continue to do that, like um, that would be great. That would be fantastic. Exactly. Until next time. Keep moving forward. Keep learning. And make your own path. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands to make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine (laughs)